Welcome to Jason and the Movie Knots. I'm Jason Sachs. I'm Carlos Rodella. And we are discussing Guardians of the Galaxy from 2014. Oh man, what a fun, fun movie. Fun movie, just like I predicted last episode. Oh my goodness. I want to call the score already, but I won't. What I didn't expect is how much it sets up for the future Marvel movies. Really does. There's a lot there that like cues up other stories. So in an odd way, it's essential, even though it takes place off in another galaxy. It's uber essential. Now, like we said, we've been watching them all in order, kind of like setting up storylines. And we know the ending of the storylines. And the first time I watched this, probably in the theater, I did not piece everything together. And now I'm like, like you said, it is an essential part of the MCU, this huge timeline. It just there, There's just so much in here that just kind of cues up everything else besides the fact it's just a fun-ass movie. I mean, it kind of works on two levels in terms of queuing up the Marvel Universe. One is that it sets up all these other cosmic threats and gives us the, starts us to really appreciate Thanos and his power, sets up the gems, but also like it says, you know, Marvel, your movies don't have to be so serious. Right. Like, let's just have some fun. Let's just do play some music, have some clever one-liners. It doesn't have to all be Tony being the arrogant shithole he was. Oh, geez. Yeah, and by the way, this is also, like I've said on many of our episodes, the full package of the things that I want out of a Marvel movie. Uh-huh. Right? It's got the comedy. It's got it in spades. Oh, my goodness. There's so much good comedy in this. There's sci-fi, which I don't think I've stressed enough, but I'm a, such a big fan of sci-fi that when that's kind of almost like first and foremost in the movie, right? That like gets me really in, mm-hmm. uh, not just like superhero action. And then it's underdogs and it's an origin story. So, oh, and it's great use of music. I mean, one of the best. It, it, it starts out with heart too. It starts yeah. out with like a deeply moving moment. Now, Remind me if I'm wrong, but I can't think of any other Marvel movies to this point that have kind of a prologue in them. Oh, with his mom, you mean that whole section? Yeah. Yeah, I guess not so far. So far that we watched in order. Yeah, I don't think so. So the movie kind of starts out with kind of this moment of deep kind of soulful sadness. So it anchors us in a way that we don't quite know what to do with. Yeah. Because this is a Marvel movie that like the first what three to five minutes are just Peter confronting the fact his mom died and the fact he didn't act the way he wanted to. So right there, like it sets up his character, it sets up his inner conflict, sets up his ties to earth, but also gives us like some appreciation of him being a little bit of a shithole. <laughs> well, being, yeah, different in some way and, yeah. uh, and not knowing how to express himself. Um, he's okay. It's not a shithole, but he is kind of a jerk. Well, it doesn't matter because soon after, uh, and now we're right into the the notes of the of the whole movie, he gets picked up by a spaceship, which is a very unusual beginning for uh, a, a a boy and his story and and the beginning of a movie. So, yeah, that starts his whole adventure. Yeah, by Yandu, who we have no idea who he is at that point, but he looks like <laughs> he looks like he's uh, maybe not the classiest guy. Oh, Yandu is ridiculous. And his little uh, blade that he spins around everywhere. So he is the guy from Walking Dead. And I always forget his name. Uh, and you can look it up. But he, I always will think of him as the guy from Walking Dead. Because he's such a shithole. Now, he's an asshole, uh, for sure. 
in The Walking Dead. The actor's name is Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker, yeah. And Sun Knife, it's an arrow. Right, right, right. That he whistles and has fly around and yeah. go through things. So and he essentially saves them, though, in the beginning. He saves them, right. And he prevents the, the other people who save him from wanting to eat him, as we find out. Yeah. Uh, then it jumps cuts to, you know, uh, Star-Lord or Quill early, you know, later years when he's like being a badass with uh, guns and going to try to steal something very much like Indiana Jones, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like going to try to get the, uh, what he doesn't know is the Infinity Stone. Right. Uh, and then he has that little run in. And again, I like the sci-fi element. And yeah, that's kind of the beginning of showing him. With, with the cheesy pop music too, which is so smart, oh, right? Oh yeah, because mm-hmm. like every science fiction movie follows the Star Wars formula, where they're going to play these John Williams super orchestral st- scores that make you feel deep, soulful connection to these characters. And this does just the opposite by playing the the pop music. Yeah, all throughout, right? It it takes a little bit of the piss out of them, but makes them kind of more real and relatable. I mean, I never really actually bought that Peter was Star-Lord, except it's just a goofy nickname he gave himself. Yeah. Oh, and that's what makes it funnier, right? Like, he's always, like, being the butt of the joke. And that's, again, Chris Pratt, you know, genius as well, right? Like, that actor doing that. We jump cut to Ronan, and now I can finally figure out this Ronan character. Um, That's the guy that we had... What movie was I talking about that we've already watched where he's in it for just a second? Captain Marvel, I think. I think it was Captain Marvel. And I was like, why was he even in this movie? Well, now we know because he's a huge part of this movie, right? Yeah, Captain Marvel. Exactly. Right. And so it's, it's meant to be kind of a throwback, but also by the order the movies were in, it's a little bit of foreshadowing. Yeah, it was definitely foreshadowing. And and by the way, I love that actor. I think is now, I looked it up, his name is Lee Pace, which is mm-hmm. a pretty unusual name. And he is in... Halt and Catch Fire. Halt and Catch Fire. He's so good in that. Okay, anyways, <laughs> Ronan shows up. He's got Nebula with him. So we're introduced to Nebula, I think, the first time ever? Or, first time ever. Yeah, and Gamora. And they're all working for Thanos. And basically, Gamora goes after you know Quill to get this Infinity Stone. Does she? I think she does get it there, or does she not get it there? I forget. No, Peter still has it. Right, but they get captured and go to prison. So right. they don't have it anywhere, don't they? No, they lose it at that point. Yeah. So when they go to prison, which, by the way, John C. Riley shows up in this movie, and I forgot he was even in it mm-hmm. as a cop. Just a little throw-in character. So, yeah, I think they get it there. I forget where the orb went at that point. But they go to prison, and that whole prison stuff I love to death. I remember liking it the first time. This movie, by the way, it's just a full, encompassing, not too many side mis- side stories, it's that kind of beautiful, like when I play RPG in video games, it's like the campaign, you know, it's like mm-hmm. a one player story and you're following it through. And yeah, there's little bits on the side, but now we're in prison, right? And then the next section will be the next section. And I just don't, I feel like the whole thing feels just perfectly paced. I don't know. You're picking up these allies along the way. You're gaining yes. new abilities. Yep. You're having adventures. Yeah, it does feel like a, a good video game. A good video game. That's pieces and then you have the interstitials and then more set pieces yeah and in prison they meet drax who that actor again we've mentioned him he's so good uh, and so funny uh he I always think says Dave funny things. Um, almost steals the movie if he wasn't with a uh, with a cast where everyone is so strong he would totally steal the movie and that's the genius of this movie too is like all the main characters all the guardians are so 
just fun to watch on the screen. Yeah. Down to Yondu. And actually, like uh, we were just talking about Ronan. Ronan's actually kind of the most boring character in here. Oh, definitely. Because like all the stuff like with, with Nebula and Gamora, like the sisterly battle is way more interesting. Yeah. Than him. Yeah, he's just there to be the foil, right? He's there to be the, I want to take over the world, whatever guy. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a good funny moment in the prison I wrote down that says, I guess they were fighting, someone was fighting Gamora. Oh, um, Ronan was going to kill, no, no, I'm sorry. Drax was going to kill Gamora. And, you know, Quill comes in and goes like, hey, don't do that because we need her for something. And then he he takes the knife and that one guy goes, he goes, I, Drax says, I like this knife. I'm keeping it. And the other guy goes, that was my favorite knife. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was a, such a small little moment. But those little moments are throughout this film. And so far, because we've watched them all in order, I've not found a film that does it in the perfect pacing as this does, where it's not every time you're like, like Ragnarok is a comedy fest, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's just a, every zingers all over the where all the place. Cause that's uh, Taiki Watiti or whatever his name is. Um, did I say that right? Close enough. Okay. But now this one, it's just like it, little moments and it's, I feel like they're always perfectly placed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just love that. And then uh, we got Benicio, the collector gets introduced so that's the one character that makes me crazy every time I see this movie. I like Benicio as an actor, but yeah, I don't understand really whatever his role is. He's supposed to keep all these things that people want to keep secret or whatever. I mean, I get that he's a collector. He likes to collect stuff. And we see little bits and pieces of other stuff he's collecting. Like he's got the space dog. He's got uh, the coffin that Adam Warlock would, would be in if they ever did a mm. Warlock movie. We see a uh, scroll in the background in one of those containers, too. I don't think we've seen a scroll before in any of these movies other than Captain Marvel, which was filmed afterwards. So I think this is the first time we've seen a scroll. Mm. But his acting is so strange. Yeah. Well, he is strange, too. Like, Benius is a kind of an interesting character when it comes to acting. <laughs> and, and, you know, it kind of makes sense because he's you know, this different sort of creature is this kind of celestial creature or something. Now, there's a really important piece I picked up here too that's going to be clear when we see the Eternals. So one of the things in the Eternals is there's these giant robot creatures who come down to Earth, transform humanity. They are the Celestials. Mm-hmm. So all the scenes in Nowhere, the, right. the giant head, are inside a Celestial head. So this is a oh. shout out to... The Eternals, which comes out in a few months. Wow. I was just going to ask you about that because I love the idea of a huge head of some dead thing. And that's where people are like, just have a, a whole colony inside it. Right. It gives you a whole diff- whole idea of what they're going to be dealing with in this movie because these creatures are enormous. And there's the same creatures they show us in this little video who land on the planet and zap the, all the cavemen. Oh, yeah. And destroy the planet. Those are the same creatures. Those are the celestials. Wow. Okay. So that is setting up Eternals. This movie's so important. People have no idea. Right. And like, I remember watching this movie when it first came out and I'm like, why are they in a giant head? That doesn't make any sense. That's weird. Like at least say it's like Galactus's head or something. Yeah. But no, like they were playing a long game. Like this is an allusion to a movie that's going to come out seven years later. And literally when I saw it in the theater and they said, hey, we're going to a big head. I was like, okay, cool. What's the next plot point? Like, you know. Just not even thinking about it. 
And that's the other genius of it, right? Is this a, you get this whole feeling all throughout the movies. It's this cosmic world that you're kind of falling into. That's just a small part that you're just seeing a small part of. Because like you could also only imagine what else the Nova Corps is getting involved in. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to them in a bit too. And yeah, close we will. In the movie. Well, we're, let's uh, finish up on the in the mining area. I think it's we're still in nowhere where Drax calls Ronan because well, so, he's yeah he's so mad at him. Yeah, he basically does the. Uh, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my children. Yes, 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 yes. And of course, that it turns out badly. Uh, not maybe of course, but it does turn out badly. And pretty, pretty much almost everybody dies. It seems like Gamora's dead, Drax is dead, but they all somehow come out of it. Well, you're neglecting the most important part, which is that the collector's slave, I guess, grabs the gem. Oh, that's right. That happens first and blows up the whole blows thing. Blows herself up and then blows up the whole thing, right? Yeah, it's madness. So that gives us a sense also of how powerful these are. It's only a tiny, we get a tiny sliver of how powerful these gems are. Just holding it in your hand right, will destroy you, which is a nice throwback to that later in the movie. I was going to say that's a foreshadowing for the end of the movie. Um, oh, wait, was, I had wrote down tangent, sucker for these moments that mimic our lives. I don't know what I meant by that. No, because I took it while I was watching the movie, but I think it was just like, you know, things that we can relate to. I feel like there's in this movie, there's just so many moments where you see the humanity even if they're not human. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Hmm. It, it, it's kind of a, a really nice point that the experience, our, our experience being alive is universal. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Um, and then at some point soon after Quill sacrifices himself to save Gamora. Uh, but then he kind of like has an out card or whatever to get out of it because he calls, um, What's his butt? Yandu. Yandu to come take him. And they save their lives, but then they like are captured by them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then that's that. And then Groot saves Drax at some point. Um, here's a fun tangent. Uh, an aside. We'll get back to your review in a minute. Guess who, without looking, guess who voices Rocket? It's Bradley Cooper. You knew that. Okay. Yeah. I, knew I had no idea. Crazy. Do you know who, uh, uh, don't look, do you know who voices Groot? Yeah, that's um, it's someone I had no idea. Oh, it's don't don't look. I'm trying to think. Of I want to tell you. Oh, you know who it is, but you just I know can't who think it is. Name. I just can't think of his name. He's in the car movies. Yeah, Vin Diesel. Yeah, Vin Diesel. That's like I would have had no idea. It's just like a, they put an effect on his voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, back to the review. A surprisingly subtle performance for a guy who just says, "I am Groot." Yeah. I am Groot. I, I am Groot. Groot. But Rocket understands it totally. Which oh, is so cute. And it reminds me of like Han Solo and Chewbacca. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Ronan takes the Infinity Stone, I wrote down. Mm-hmm. So he gets it and he's got it, puts it in his hammer or something. And then Rocket goes after bandits, plan of attack with bandits, which is Jean Du's people. And the Cherry Bomb song comes on. Uh-huh. which is so good. I love that. Cherry bomb. They get ready to like go um, basically go to war with the with the bandit guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a cool firefly moment where group makes fireflies so they can see. You're skipping ahead. So they they save. Yeah, what uh, happens? I skip something in my notes. Well, they, they save our heroes from Yondu and they end up teaming up to fight against Ronan. Right. 
Yeah, they did. Peter gives that gonna... speech and he's like, come on, you guys, we're all going to fight because we know this is the right thing to do, essentially. Um, oh, right. And the rocket and then we're going to blow them up. But they decided not to because they had already made a pact. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now we're all together and then they go to attack. Uh, there's a big Nebula Gamora fight, which everybody wanted the whole time, it seems like. Uh, Groot gets badass, I wrote down. <laughs> so cool when he sticks the wood through at least people's body. Yeah. Bam, 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 bam. And then near the end, basically, it's like, you know, Drax is stuck with uh, Ronan again, and Rocket just flies a spaceship into him, mm -hmm. which is kind of funny. And then Groot saves everybody in a tree ball. Yeah, they're crashing down to the planet. Yeah. So first of all, they land, uh, the battle goes back to the planet that's the home planet of the Nova Corps. There's a nice little subtle touch there where the Nova Corps are all near small spaceships trying to prevent the dive bombers, basically the kamikazes, from attacking their, their planet-sized city. And all the Nova Corps are above the water as they're fighting, not above the land, so that if they get shot down, they'll land in the water and not on right. the land. Nice little tiny touch, but very yeah. clever. Yeah. Yeah, that's an epic fight. There's a lot of like spaceship battles in this movie. Mm -hmm. um, I know I've kind of went past a couple of them, but there's there's definitely sci-fi shooting in spaceships. Um, okay, so he saves him in a tree ball. Quill, oh, then, yeah, basically the funny moment of Quill singing to distract Lee Pace, uh -huh. a.k.a. Ronan, and, uh, and basically get the Infinity Stone away from him. And what a badass moment comes next. They all... All their friends touch each other so that Quill can hold on to the stone and not blow up. And then they literally electrify and blow up Lee Pace. It's just so satisfying. Ronan, it really is. So satisfying because it, it really is like all the, the all the plot lines in this movie all come together. Mm -hmm. these, these people are now friends. Uh, we see the power of the stone. We see the way that they all have come together to defeat the evil of Ronan. Uh, it just feels so satisfying because it's now they now have a literal bond between them. Yeah. Uh, and you feel like that now they've become not just a group of friends, but in their own weird way, a family. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's one of my favorite parts at the end of this movie, which we'll get to. I had like a mini chill or something like I had like a, that really good emotional feeling, which I don't know if I've had yet in a Marvel movie. Um, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I've had like fun times or maybe not so fun times but yeah this one obviously i like a lot so right after that um we realized that quill gave uh john do or whatever his name is a uh, fake obviously he didn't give him the real infinity stone which i like when i when he opens it up he just smiles mm -hmm. it's like a little it's a little troll doll and he's just like that's good on him for like you know i yeah. trained him well i trained him well uh-huh this is what i thought he would do all right yep and then they quickly, this movie is so important. They quickly talk about Quill's father, which is a foreshadowing to the next movie or the third movie. What Do they have three? The third one is not yet. Oh, okay. The second movie. Then they're, third they're one's out 2023. 20, yeah, there's little bits throughout the movie where, they, where there's foreshadowing. Because if you remember when they take, when he gets arrested and they do the DNA, they say he's only partial human. Oh, that's right. They did do it earlier. And yeah. this one, yeah, they're like, your father is something different. <laughs> mm -hmm. Which we know what that is because we watched the movie. Um, which, by the way, I can already tell you right now, I don't like that movie as much as this one. I mean, I'm a sucker for origin stories. 
and I I had a problem with that's Kurt Russell, right? Yeah. Yeah, I had a problem with Kurt Russell. <laughs> so just so you know, foreshadowing for that review. Um, and also it's just a fun, heartwarming ending. Like they uh they they show John C. Roddy with his family. Uh the Novacore is all ha- happy that they saved him. Baby Groot shows up because Groot isn't really dead. Uh-huh. And he's dancing. He's dancing as Dave Bautista's flying the ship. Groot is yep. just dancing behind his back. And there's that cute little scene, cute little bit where Groot is dancing and Drax looks over and he stops dancing. It's yeah. like this, this like, very funny little bit. And then post credits, we get Howard the Duck for no reason. Really for no reason at all. No reason at all. Cause that could have been foreshadowing that they're going to make a movie, but they never did. And that's a while ago. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So that's the movie. Um, n- nine out of 10, I'm saying nine or, I mean, I can make this a 10. I didn't, it didn't do anything wrong. And so I don't know what the, the, the value system of <laughs> like, what do I need to take away a point for? I'm going to say nine. I might switch it to 10. What's your score? Yeah, I think I'll give it a nine out of 10. And there's no good reason for it not to be a 10 out of 10, except I feel like I want to reserve it. Yeah, I guess so. There's nothing wrong perfect? with it. I'm trying to, I just, I, I don't, I don't see anything that like, I'm like, oh, why'd they do that? Or, oh, I'm confused. I wasn't completely crazy about Glenn Close as the leader of the Nova Corps. Oh, you're right. Okay, but is that a full point? <laughs> That's and just one. I actress. thought they could have done more with the Nova Corps. I was kind of are... bored with the Nova Corps. I didn't really even need much of their story, me personally. And I thought on the on the third or fourth watch now, I thought the prison escape was a little too contrived. Well, I nearly contrived because like shouldn't these soldiers, shouldn't these guards be trained in zero gravity and know what to do? Yeah. But, you know, it's like saying, you know, why is the exhaust pipe the way you blow up the Death Star? Yeah. Oh, I know. I mean, you could do that for everything. Indiana Jones. We can go back to that. Um, I'm going to say nine and we'll, I just don't think it is perfect, but it's really close to it. So it's nine. What a great time. What a great time. Like I knew it. Didn't I? I foreshadowed nine last episode, I think. So next up, strangely enough, is Guardians 2. Oh, is it? Yeah. That's going to be unfortunate. I'm going to give it like an eight or seven or eight, I think. I think I'm going to give it an eight or an 8.5. You liked 8.5. Oh, man. I I know a lot of people didn't like Mantis, but I liked her. Oh, no, I like Mantis a lot. I'm talking about Kurt Russell. He's a big part of that movie true i love 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 the opening of that movie too i forgot it so don't tell me because i want to watch it watch it right now just to see the first five oh i might watch it this weekend um i probably will watch it this weekend by the way on a side note i'm playing video games a lot and one of the games i'm playing is called mass effect which is a sci-fi rpg so this was so fun to watch this and then just like go and play a game that was very similar um so yeah i might i'll probably watch it this weekend I know that I'm gonna have a problem with Kurt Russell, but um, this is a, a this is a perfect Marvel movie in my opinion. I love it. Where can people find you? YouTube.com slash a lot of things. Also TikTok.com slash a lot of things comedy. If you enjoyed this pod, please subscribe and leave us a rating. And we'll see you next time for Guardians Two.